What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Alessandra, and this is a solo episode, kind of just bringing you guys through our journey with secondary infertility. And Josh is with Kai right now. I wanted to get an episode up tonight, and I wanted to sort of just run you guys through this one myself. And then I think we're going to do a part two with Josh, um, sort of just discussing it from his side, because I know a lot of men simply don't talk about this stuff or share how they're feeling about this stuff either, so stay tuned for that as a part two. Um, If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. If you're a returning listener, I would really appreciate if you were to just leave us a quick review, whether you write something or just give us a little star rating. Um, We really appreciate everything that you guys do as far as reviews go, or if you feel called to share this episode or any of our episodes on Instagram, make sure you tag us so we can see that you're sharing it. It honestly means the world. It helps us spread the show that much more, and we don't do any paid advertising or anything like that. So by you guys just sharing it or leaving a review or just letting us know through a direct message how much you're enjoying the show or any feedback you have, it truly makes our day. All right, so I'm going to really just jump right into things. Um, This will be super laid back, kind of just walking you guys through our journey with secondary infertility, how it started, um, what it has looked like through three early miscarriages, and bringing you up to where we are today at the fertility clinic, what our plan is so far, um, and kind of just also walk you through like where my mindset has been throughout all of this because I, f- I feel like that side of things also just isn't talked about enough or a lot either. Um, obviously, miscarriage in general is just still not really talked about a lot, it, although I will say the more that I do talk about it, the more other people have talked to me about it. So I think that, you know, by us being open and just reminding ourselves that it is a super common thing. I think I'm not even sure of what the current ratio is or percentage, but last I checked, I believe it's like 25% of pregnancies end in a miscarriage. So obviously that is a pretty large number. And if you are somebody who's going through one or you know somebody who's going through one, know that you're not alone and know that there is a huge supportive clan of us women out there who you know it it's a sucky group to be in but someone said to me what they say let me try to get this quote right so it's it's a sucky group to be in but it's the a group full of the best possible humans and the kindest possible humans out there and she was not wrong like once you have gone through loss like that and have experienced that side of things or even if you're just experiencing infertility in general and you haven't necessarily had a loss it's like the community that you do have once you do open up or once you do find that community whether it be online or in person or through your doctor's office or something like that it really is so special so just wanted to share that to kind of start but let's sort of just hop into things and I'm going to first bring you guys through just a timeline of what this pregnancy journey has looked like back to getting pregnant with Kai through three losses and then I'll kind of go back and go through my mindset throughout all of those things and then I will finish with 
just a little Q&A. Um, I had a couple people ask some questions on Instagram. I'll answer some common ones that have come up and we will go from there. So when we decided to, or I guess I'll start with, I was on birth control, the pill, for over 10 years, so a decade of my life. I really didn't know what a quote-unquote normal cycle was for me. Um, I went on when I was 15 or 16, I believe, so obviously was not paying attention to my cycle (laughs) that much at that point, Um, but I remember it was pretty heavy, and I remember that that was really the reason why they put me on in the first place because I had super bad cramps and it was super heavy and that was probably due to my nutrition being super poor and living off of simple carbs at 15 years old um but you live and you learn so they put me on 10 years later I decide I want to come off I'm married to Josh at this point um we weren't quite ready to have kids yet but I knew that it was coming within the year or so and I also like just wanted to to know what a normal cycle looked like because when you're on the pill it suppresses ovulation so you're not ovulating when you're on the pill that's how it works so you know the the bleed that you get is not a true period it's just a bleed every month because you're not ovulating so I was like okay I think I'm going to come off. I did a lot of research. I read Taking Charge of Your Fertility. I read the period repair manual. I like felt very confident in my decision to come off. And at that time too, I felt sort of just like brain fog, um, didn't truly feel myself, if that makes sense. And it wasn't necessarily that anything was wrong. I just didn't feel like me. Um, So I wanted to come off and see how I felt very valid. Um, I didn't even like go to my doctor. I kind of just stopped taking the pack of pills that I was on. And I obviously, you have that first initial bleed, which still is not true period, but I ended up getting an actual cycle within like the first month or two. I have a couple YouTube videos up still that I can probably look back on, or if you guys are interested on looking back on, they're on our YouTube channel. Just search Josh and Alessandra. Um, But I documented the whole thing, kind of just explain why I was coming off, how I was coming off, all of that. So long story short, came off the pill, got my cycle back fairly quickly. It was a little bit irregular at first and I kind of just really focused on nutrition and doing all the right things to get it to be in a good spot, which it ended up getting pretty regular. Um, I did see a naturopath like in the middle of that, like right before when we were about to try start trying for Kai um just to kind of see if I could elongate my luteal phase a little bit I knew my luteal phase was a little bit short and I was just a little bit concerned that that might pose an issue so she had me on a couple supplements I honestly don't even remember what they were it was like a vitamin b supplement she did pull labs and all of that so they helped um my cycles were ranging from like 21 to 23 days initially and then after two months on her protocol with proper nutrition with training and exercising regularly we extended my cycle to like 25 26 days so success um and then in let's see it was august of 2018 i believe um we 
we're like, okay, it's time. We're going to start trying. In that first month, we conceived Kai. So no issues. Obviously, that was a successful pregnancy. We have Kai now. And it was a smooth pregnancy. I really had no terrible things going on. I did not love being pregnant, but it was fairly smooth. I was able to work out the whole time, all the good stuff. So that was my first pregnancy experience. Um, And then I think it's important to note that like just thoughts and mindset after having Kai, there was a long time where I did not want to be pregnant again. (laughs) Like I knew we were going to have more kids eventually, but I was just like, no, I'm not going through that again yet. I had no interest in being pregnant for probably just about two years. Um, so right when Kai turned two, we started talking more about having the second baby. I finally felt like I was in a good place as far as like where I was fitness wise, mentally, emotionally, everything. Um, so when he turned two, we started thinking about it. A couple months after that, we started trying. So this brings us to July of last year, July, 2021. And got pregnant again on the first month of trying. And that is when we had our first miscarriage. So I was just under six weeks for that first one. I was five weeks and five days, I want to say, maybe even five weeks, four days, somewhere around there. It's so confusing, like figuring out how far along you are when you're that early. Um, But I was before six weeks, so I didn't even have an ultrasound or anything like that. I took a test, was positive. I'm very in tune with my body, had pretty clear signs and symptoms, fatigue, just some weird cramping. Didn't really feel like my period was coming, but like some weird cramping going on. Just felt bloated. Like I knew. I just knew. So when that happened, obviously very upset. First time did not expect that to happen because the first time was so easy. So called my doctor. They kind of just at when you have your first one, they sort of just brush it under the rug. It sounds harsh, but that's really what it felt like, like no big deal kind of thing. Like they obviously said sorry on the phone, asked me if I wanted to take medication to kind of help it make sure I pass it. Um, I chose not to and just waited it out and everything seemed okay. I kind of just had what was a little bit of a heavier period and kind of just was left in the dark there like they didn't really say much else they said maybe wait one month before you start trying again so when that happened we decided to wait a couple months because we were still living with my parents um we were waiting for our house to be done and I just like was mentally not ready yet like we'll just wait a couple months till we're like in the house and whatever so that was the first one. The second one happened a couple months later. So December, we started trying again. And the second one was technically a chemical pregnancy. So what a chemical pregnancy is, it's still a miscarriage. It's just even earlier. So it's really before, I think it's usually around like three or four weeks, like right when it happens. And you really wouldn't even know that you had a miscarriage unless you tested super early and like you guys know I track my cycle I know my body you know I was paying attention to all my temperature and all of that and I just knew that I was so I took a test and of course it was positive and then like I think it was two days or three days later so I was like 
probably not even four weeks or just hitting four weeks, um, miscarried. That was just like a normal period and really was not anything abnormal at all. So at this point, I'm like, what the heck's happening? Um, you know, they said the first time it was usually just a random thing. Usually it does not happen twice. So I'm like, okay, what's happening? A little bit more upset, but also just kind of like wanting some answers at this point. And during this second one, we actually had COVID during that. So who knows if that played into anything. Um, it ended up being like the same weekend that we had COVID. I miscarried like right after we found out we had COVID. So that was experience number two. And at that point, I called my doctor again and I wanted answers, right? So I wanted her to run some labs. I wanted her to run even just progesterone, kind of see if that was coming up as expected. Um, And she wouldn't do anything. So that was like the last straw where I was like, okay, if my doctor is not listening to me, won't even run labs, even though I'm willing to pay for them, like why? Um, she eventually did run like a, I forget what they call it, but it's like a basic fertility panel. It's like thyroid, um, a couple other things, auto, uh, I'm going to screw up the word, so I'm not even going to say it. It's like lupus coagulant or something like that, but it's like three or four different things that they run. And she did run that. She wouldn't, still wouldn't run progesterone, which is what I wanted, but all of that came back normal. And she kind of just was like, just relax, keep trying. Good luck like really did not offer me anything else. So at that point I was like, okay, I'm going to switch doctors. I'm not feeling like I'm being seen or heard or supported here. And I began the search, ended up switching to a midwife practice, which was honestly the best decision I could have possibly made because they right from the get-go were super supportive, um, sat with me for my first appointment for like 40 minutes and like went over all my history, let me ask questions, all of that stuff. Um, she did end up running every possible lab blood work that she possibly could have. So that made me feel so much better and everything came back normal, which was good, but also sort of frustrating. Like, okay, if things are good, why is this not happening? So she also, gave me an ultrasound just kind of see if they could see anything that was abnormal all of that came back fine so switched the new practice everything looks good she said there's no reason why we can't continue to keep trying but after the ultrasound she's like I've done everything that I could I'm gonna refer you to the fertility clinic they are the specialists they will be able to help you you know we we've we've done all that we can do here So we've exhausted our resources, which I was so grateful for. Um, So this was back in June, continued to try in July of this year. So now we're one year post first miscarriage. We get pregnant again. And this one, I will talk about my mindset here in a second, but was probably the most fearful and scary few weeks of my life being pregnant um so we made it the longest with this one I was about to hit six weeks the next day so I was five weeks six days and miscarried and I had a couple warning signs that it was coming so started spotting um and kind of just 
felt like I could just feel that I was not pregnant anymore. Like when I woke up the day that I miscarried, I was like, I'm just, it's not, I'm not pregnant anymore. I knew it was going to happen and it did. So when that happened at this point, I had already made my appointment with their fertility clinic and I had actually just canceled it a few days beforehand before the miscarriage. But by some miracle, whoever I called to cancel it, she didn't actually cancel it. And they actually called me to reschedule it um, for that following week. So we were able to go right in and have our first fertility clinic appointment right after that. And basically at that first one, it was just over Zoom. So we met our doctor. He kind of went over our history um, and suggested a few things that we have been doing. So I will talk about that at the end. But those were the experiences and like the timeline of what happened with each miscarriage. So all very early, never made it to the ultrasound at any of them, which I'm somewhat grateful for. It sounds silly, but like I still have a just a positive experience with the ultrasound side of things. Um but I want to cycle back and kind of bring you guys through my mindset in regard to all three of these different times because I feel like it definitely shifted from the first time to now. So the first miscarriage obviously came as a shock, right? The first time we got pregnant with Kai, super easy. It was just very unexpected. I had no idea it was going to happen. Um, I think with that one too, I started spotting like very little, which can be normal. It can happen in a normal pregnancy, but I started spotting, I mentioned it to Josh and he was like, do I need to be worried? And I was like, no, it it could be fine. Um, I put a call into the doctor and they were like, just monitor it. If it turns to more of a, a bleed, then call us back. And obviously that's what happened. But that one, and again, I'm just speaking openly here with you guys. I'm being very candid and raw. So that one, I feel like is the one that sort of hurt the most because it was so unexpected. It's like, you just don't think that's ever going to happen to you. So when it does, it's like a stab in the heart. Um, <clears throat> and I feel like with that one, I didn't know just how many women had miscarriages like I didn't really know much about them at that point I knew like the basics but I I had never gone through it right so I mean I didn't really know much about it with the with our pregnancy with Kai it's like you don't want to read about any of that stuff because you don't want to worry for no reason so I guess it was just harder those first few days because I kept it to ourselves. I kept it between me and Josh initially and then we ended up telling obviously our families and and then obviously I shared it on social media a few days after but those first few days when you're just kind of holding it in is the hardest thing ever and I know that's what most women do most women don't talk about this but I hope that we can change that because when I did finally share about it and opened up about it obviously publicly, but even if you didn't do it publicly, having that support and understanding and just being able to connect with 
other women who have been there and other women who have gone through it already was so helpful and as overwhelming as it can be to share publicly like that which I will talk about too um it really just it helped greatly so if you are going through something like this or if you ever I hope you don't ever go through something like this it's okay to talk about it and obviously do what you're comfortable with. But even if you talk about it with one person, honestly, it just helped me so much. But anyway, what I was saying was I feel like while that one hurt the most initially, I feel like I was able to work through my loss and confusion and just like, why is this happening faster? Almost because my doctor downplayed it so much. So because they really brushed it off and they were like, this is going to be a random thing. Like, you know, this likely won't happen again. I didn't obsess over it, if that makes sense. So I was still very hopeful. I was like, another loss wasn't really on my radar at all. I just didn't think it was going to happen. Like I, I completely thought it was going to be a random thing and we were good. Um, so that's sort of where I was with the first one and of course it was sucky of course there were hard moments there were many hard days and you know it's you're going through grief it's a loss but that's sort of where I was and I kind of just got back to doing the things that made me feel good at the time we were living with my parents like I said so like waking up going for my daily walks in the morning um focusing as much as I possibly could on my nutrition and that was that so for the second one I feel like that one was almost the hardest because it's the second time it's happening. Why is this happening again? It obviously was not just random. Um, So I mentioned we had COVID during this one and my mind goes there. Was it because of COVID? Was it because my body was fighting an infection? Um, Was it honestly just another random occurrence? Like you will never know, but your mind just goes to all of these places and it was hard because, like I said, at that point, it was like, I need to figure out why this is happening. Something is obviously not right. And after this second one was actually when Josh pushed me to start doing the cold showers. I feel like I went through a very transformative time as far as my mindset and like mental health went, which was good. Um, and throughout all of these experiences, I've been trying to focus on the good. Like what, as sucky as this is, what can I focus on that's positive today? So, you know, after the second one, it was really embracing the cold showers. You guys know I love my cold showers every morning. We have a whole podcast on that. But, you know, embracing that side of things, embracing being in our new house. um, There was still a lot of things that I looked forward to and that sort of helped keep me going. And at that point, too, that's when I switched doctors. I, I got more of a support system in that area. So there were a lot of good to come from that second one, as hard as it was. Um, and where I'm at now after this third one, mentally, honestly, I'm in a really good place. Um, of course, there are days where it's hard, but I am just really grateful for where this journey has brought me and it sounds kind of messed up to say that but like 
I started running again recently. I started going to therapy again and found a new therapist again recently. Um, I've just been able to really hone in on our business and myself and my goals. And it was hard to sort of do that, I think, at first because when you're prepping for pregnancy after the first one, even after the second loss, it's almost like I would put everything on pause and kind of put my life on hold to focus on getting pregnant. But in my experience, you really can't do that because you just don't know what's going to happen. And maybe this was a lesson for me to, to learn not to try to plan things so hard. Like we had this plan where we wanted our second kid before Kai turned three and we wanted them to be close in age. But like those are not things that are in our control all the time. And as much as I wanted to control that, it's one, it's not a big deal. They're still going to be close when we do have our next baby. And two, you can't live like that because it just, you're living in the future. And by living in the future, you're constantly worried about what's to come and you're missing out on so many moments that are happening in front of your face. So what I like to do and what I have found to be helpful is focusing and being grateful for all the things that I can still do and and I'm still doing now that probably wouldn't have happened if I had gotten pregnant the first time, the, the second time, or the third time. Like if I was pregnant now or if I had a newborn right now, I would not be falling in love with running again, likely at this time, at least, maybe in the future. Um, I probably would not have sought out this new therapist and got into her when she had an opening. So like you really have to view and try to look for the little positive things that happen are happening in your daily life. And obviously, you know, being able to solely focus on Kai as he goes through toddler life, which if you are a toddler parent out there or have ever been, you know, <laughs> that is not an easy feat. Um, you know, he started school. All these things are happening where I have my full focus and attention to give to him. So that's really what has kept me going is, you know, setting some specific goals for myself, reminding myself that nothing I'm doing by setting these goals is setting me back as far as pregnancy goes. You know, my nutrition is top-notch because it try, I'm trying to support my goals of running and lifting. I'm obviously exercising, but I'm not overdoing it because my nutrition is where it needs to be. I'm not eating in a calorie deficit trying to lose body fat. I'm literally just doing all of the things that support a healthy lifestyle. And I think that's important to remember when you're, if you're trying to place your life on pause to get pregnant Obviously, we don't drink alcohol, so that's not a factor, but like I find that by focusing on all of these healthy lifestyle factors, living my best life as far as feeling good, focusing on things that make me happy, falling in love with meditation, all of these daily habits that I've really been able to solidify over the last year, I'm so grateful for. And that is something that I get to now carry with me when we do get pregnant. So I don't think this time is wasted and I don't think it's fair for you to ever think that whatever happened in the past was not the right thing or you feel like you wasted time because everything that you've done has led you to where you are right now. 
but also don't get caught up in the future. We have to live in the present day and focus on what's right in front of us. That's what's going to bring you true happiness. And I'm a big believer in, you know, living that mindful life. And as cliche as it is, everything will work out the way that it's supposed to. And even if you can't see what that is right now, you will one day. So I guess I'll leave you guys with that um, as far as where my mindset is and where it's been. But obviously it's been a journey. I don't want you to think that, you know, I'm saying all these things and I'm painting a picture of sunshine and rainbows because it has been far from that. But it's been such a learning experience as far as learning about my body and just improving my mindset and just improving my lifestyle in general. So that is that. Let me answer some of your questions that you guys wrote in on Instagram too. Um, so let's see. All right. Dealing with the mental side of things, having a tough time feeling like my body is failing me. I feel like this is a very common thing, probably because of what we're taught and like what we perceive a miscarriage to be. But what my doctor, my midwife explained to me is there's nothing we can do as a woman carrying a baby that early to cause a miscarriage. Like there are very few things that you have control over and oftentimes it's just things not aligning the right way. Um, And, you know, you can't think about it as what could I have done better? My body is failing me. Your body is very smart. Your body knows when something is not going right as far as all of those cells connecting and things lining up for a healthy pregnancy, if it's not going to produce a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby, your body can be smart. And oftentimes that's why we miscarry early because of a chromosomal issue, genetic issue, something like that. So I think that, you know, having the right perspective there and understanding that our body is actually supporting us through that is really helpful. At least it was helpful for me. Um, And there's, like I said, there's really nothing you can do to cause that. Like, think of all the people who get pregnant by accident, right? Um, There's plenty of people out there who spend the first, like, month or even two of their pregnancy drinking, smoking, doing things that are really not good for our bodies, and they go on and have healthy pregnancies and healthy babies. So it's not that you did too much cardio. It's not that you're working out too much. It's not that you ate something wrong or, you know, moved a certain way. Like there's nothing we can do to cause that. So hopefully that was helpful to hear. Um, and if it's something that you're really genuinely struggling with, I cannot recommend therapy enough. Finding a really good therapist that you align with is honestly life-changing. I feel like a new person after two sessions. And I think therapy is something that everybody would benefit from even if you don't even have any real issues but we're humans we all have issues right next question um with your early miscarriages how did you know did they call them chemical pregnancies so I kind of touched on this a little bit but like I said I track my cycle religiously that's how I prevent pregnancy and how I have prevented pregnancy over the last four years and then obviously how I got pregnant and When you're tracking your cycle, what happens after ovulation is your temperature rises and stays up until you get your period. So 
when I had like two full weeks or less than that because I have a little bit of a shorter cycle of those high temps I was like okay it's not coming down my period's not coming so something's going on I'm gonna test (laughs) and sure enough that's when I would get my positive like usually a day or two before when my cycle was supposed to come but that's how I knew um how to minimize anxiety around trying to conceive. I've been at this for 12 cycles and I have more anxiety. This is really hard and I think also really common. Um, So like I said, therapy is a blessing, especially if you can find a therapist who, like my therapist specializes in pre and postnatal care. So that's always helpful, but obviously that's something most therapists will be able to help you work through as far as having anxiety issues. Meditation, the cold showers, the cold plunges, those three things have honestly been game changers for my mental toughness and my mental health in general. There are other benefits to them, but that's the main reason why I do them. But I will say even like this this most recent miscarriage and time being pregnant, every day I had anxiety when after I found out I was pregnant. So like a straight two weeks of just feeling anxious and feeling like something bad was going to happen. Um, so I can understand where that's coming from. And I also can understand where that's coming from in a season of infertility in general without even being pregnant. So focus and control what you can control, obviously, um, and implement some coping mechanisms and tools that can help with your anxiety like meditation, deep breathing, body scans. The Calm app is 10 out of 10, something I recommend. There's a bunch of different things you can do within that. It sounds cheesy and, you know, I understand that if someone tells you you should go meditate, it's probably the last thing that you want to do. That was me for so long and that was Josh trying to get me to do it for so long. You have to be willing and you have to want to do it for yourself. So that's my suggestion. If you want to explore that more, that is what I would recommend. Um, do you want people to ask you questions about it or does it make you uncomfortable? So I'll answer this in two ways because I think it's a little bit different for me in that I'm obviously very open about this on social media. I have a decent sized following. So I'm at the point where I don't want questions about it um, just because it's not just one person asking questions or like a handful of people asking questions. It's I have 80,000 people following me. That's I'm not saying every one of them is asking me questions, but I probably have, you know, over the last, since this this has started, have had thousands of questions and people just giving their advice or opinions and all of that. And that can get overwhelming. Of course, that's going to be overwhelming for anybody. Obviously, I'm open about it. So that's going to come with me being open. Um, However, I think you're asking from like the standpoint of how do I support somebody going through this? Um, You know, do they want people asking about it or do they want people not asking about it? I think it really is an individual thing. So for me, in the beginning, it felt good to talk about it with my close few people, my family, my friends. Um, It was helpful for me to talk about it. It also, I'm a natural educator, so I like talking about it in the sense that I can be helping someone else. But if you're unsure, like if you have a friend who is going through this and you're not sure if you should ask about it or not, 
ask them, <laughs> like communicate to them and just say, hey, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Is this something that you want to talk about? Or you can even say, hey, I'm so sorry you're going through this. I'm always here to talk if you do want to talk about it. That was the most helpful thing to hear from my friends. And it opens that door. It lets them know that you're there. They will reach out if they want to talk about it. But it's not something where you start a conversation and you're asking a million questions and then they don't want to talk about it and feel very overwhelmed. So ask. I think communication is key and that's the best way to start that support with somebody going through this. Um, just a lot of people rooting for us, going through the same thing. All right, I kind of touched on this too. How to not put your life on pause trying to protect each pregnancy. It's So what really helped me the third time as hard as it was, there was still a lot of anxiety between the second and third time, I should say. Um, You know, you still come first. Your mental, physical, emotional well-being need to come first. Otherwise, it's likely going to not improve if you do get pregnant. So for me, thinking about it that way, like, my body needs to be healthy. My mind needs to be healthy. I need to be in a good place if I do get pregnant. So what can I do every single day as far as daily habits, as far as my training and nutrition, as far as, you know, what my lifestyle looks like to support myself? And, you know, a lot of that coincides with supporting fertility. Obviously, when you support your health from a whole big picture perspective that's going to naturally also support your hormones, your cycle, your fertility. So that's honestly the biggest piece of advice I have for you there is understanding that it's not really putting your life on pause. You can still live your life and not hyper-focus on it. So don't join the Facebook groups of other women trying to conceive. Don't be spending your hours Googling about how to get pregnant or like anything like that. Like I've been there. It does not help. Your situation is different than everybody else's. And while it can be helpful to have a group of women there going through the same thing, I think it also can be a double-edged sword because then it sort of just, it, it definitely can consume you. So have other focuses and interests and things aside from trying to get pregnant or trying to protect each pregnancy. Um, okay. Is there a reason you're choosing not to go the IVF route? So if you missed this, Josh and I, or I think I just briefly stated on an Instagram Q&A one day that, you know, if we get to that point, we don't think IVF is for us. Um, I don't, feel the need to explain that at this time it could change and I guess I'll kind of use this as an update to where we're at now so at the fertility clinic now we've had a bunch of the baseline testing done I actually go in tomorrow for a special ultrasound it's a saline hyster I don't even know how to say it shg ultrasound basically they fill your uterus with liquid saline and kind of check out the shape, see if there's any scarring from my C-section, um, things like that. So that's like the last step. And then we meet with our doctor again to go over everything. 
and then we'll sort of figure out what's next. So I still don't have a lot of answers as far as how things are going at the clinic, but that's where we're at there. Um, but yeah, choosing not to share about our decision with not wanting to do IVF at this moment. Um, are you going to try any fertility meds like letrozole? Um, I honestly don't even know what letrozole does. <laughs> I'm open to meds. I think it sort of depends. Um, again, these are things that we haven't even discussed with our doctor yet, so I'm not even sure if they're an option, but we will do a part two of this probably after we have our next appointment with our doctor and kind of letting Josh share his side. So stay tuned. Um, all right. And then what is secondary infertility? I guess that would have been a good thing to start with, but it is just experiencing a hard time getting pregnant after you've already had a successful pregnancy to term. So it could be that you had a, a successful pregnancy to term and then you cannot get pregnant after that or you are having losses after that. So in my case, it's just we don't have an issue getting pregnant. We have an issue staying pregnant. Um, and then last one I'm going to answer what if all of your tests are normal, quote unquote, will they ever find a reason? Honestly, I'm not sure. Um, so far, everything is normal. So I'm hoping, it sounds weird to say this, but I'm hoping they see something on the ultrasound tomorrow. Josh is also being tested. Um, so he had baseline blood work done and he will have an analysis in a couple weeks. So I'm hopeful that they will find a reason. Part of me still feels like Maybe it's a luteal phase deficiency, lower progesterone, something like that. Even though this last pregnancy, they did test my HCG a bunch of times to make sure it was going up, which it was, and progesterone. They tested it twice, and I believe it went up. Um, so not super sure, but if we do get pregnant again, we will likely supplement with progesterone when that happens just to kind of cover our bases there it cannot hurt anything so that basically sums up this podcast it was pretty long I think um but I wanted to have somewhere for you guys to or somewhere for me to refer anybody who had questions on our journey so far and sort of just have an open space for me to talk about this a little bit more my friend Danielle interviewed me about this topic for her podcast and I was like you know what I really want to put this on ours and have somewhere for us to share too so went a little deeper on this one I hope that if you're listening you were able to resonate with it and as always I'm an open book if you guys have questions about something you're struggling with or like things that you're curious about or you need advice but as mentioned and why I did this podcast is I won't be probably doing a ton of like Q and A's about it or opening the doors in that sense to ask about my journey because it's all here now. So if you made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We appreciate you guys and we will catch you in the next episode for something a little bit more nutrition slash health focused, but Josh will be back and I'll chat with you then. Mm -hmm.